Hi, and welcome to Effective's Top 10 Tips podcast. Each episode is a quick roundup of practical, easy to implement tips on a wide range of management and personal development themes. As always, full show notes for this episode, including a handy summary of each tip, are available on our website. Just see the episode notes for this and many other useful links. We also offer workshops and coaching on all topics covered in this podcast. If you'd like to find out more, just visit our website, effectiveconnect.co.uk. So here are my top 10 tips on how to successfully influence others. But before starting my list, here are three points I'd like you to think about. Firstly, influence is inevitable. We influence people all the time, whether we intend to or not. Usually it's unconscious unthinking. So for this list that follows, the question is this. Do you want to have a conscious influencing strategy? That is, do you want to consciously think, who do I want to influence and how? Are you leaving your influence to chance or are you managing it? Secondly, and following on from this first point, is choosing your influence approach somehow inauthentic? What about just being myself? Well that's a fair question and it's one I'm often asked and here's my answer. We all adjust our behaviour to suit different audiences all the time. For example if, if you have the opportunity to explain your job to a colleague in a different college or organisation then you'd use a, one set of words or vocabulary to do so and then think if you're explaining the same job that you do to, say, your seven-year-old niece, you'd use a different set of vocabulary and language, but it would be equally authentic. It would still be you representing yourself to an audience in a way that they could access and understand better. So we make these adjustments about how we connect to people to, to improve our connection to them and to establish greater rapport. So. I think adjusting the way you are for different people is valid and is commonplace. I think everybody adjusts their behaviour for different audiences, consciously and unconsciously, all the time. And that leads to my third point. Different strokes for different folks. We may use one approach in one context with one set of people and a different approach with another. We're not fixed in our influence. We adapt, shift and change how we come across consciously and unconsciously in different settings with different groups or people. Okay, so having made those three general points, let's get on to my top 10 list for influencing others. Tip number one is impression management. I think we'd all accept that we can't not make an impression. Sorry about the double negative. What I mean there really is we're making impressions on others all the time. We transmit influence and impression wherever we are, whoever we're with. So making an impression is the engine room of influence. Everything flows from how we present ourselves moment to moment. And when you break it down there are really only three impression points that all of us have. So we transmit an impression of ourselves through three outlets. How we look, 
how we sound and how we act or behave. So those can be summarized as LSA, how we look, how we sound and how we act. So if you look friendly most of the time and you sound friendly and you act or behave in a friendly way then you're going to create an impression of being friendly to other people. That's how it works. So how you look, how you sound and how you act over time becomes your identity, your ID, your brand. So what I suggest you do is think of three to six characteristics that you would like to be known for, to know, be known by. You know, oh here's Arnie, he's, he's what? He's friendly. He's energized. He's, uh, he's consistent. He's uh, knowledgeable. Well, whatever it is you think you would like to transmit to others as a sort of reputation of self, then think of the words that would describe the way you want to be. And then think about how can you look that word, how can you sound that word, and how can you act that word. And that's it. So your consistent LSA over time becomes who you are in other people's eyes. And here's the thing. If you think you're friendly, perhaps because you would like to be thought of as friendly, but you do nothing to look friendly, sound friendly, or act friendly, then you're delusional. You have an impression of self internally that's not consistent with how you present yourself externally. So to finish this little first tip, think of your LSA as your DNA. How you look, sound and act creates your identity. Tip number two. Choose your label carefully and also choose the label of the person you're working with carefully too. What I mean by that is in order to get through life we, we need to use language as a shorthand so we describe people often in label terms and I'm not very keen on that you know he is X she is Y well you know I, I could have a number of labels I can be uh, a sportsman I can be a family man I can be lazy I can be energized in other words these shorthand labels constrain the richness of any individual but also more than that they become an identifier don't they 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 think well if this is Arnie and I think of him as lazy then I'm going to interact with him from the point of view not of Arnie but of his label so be very careful about how you create an, a label of somebody that you're working with because that label that you're using could be helpful or unhelpful in the way you work with them and the expectations you have of them. You see, I think if you look at your own life and think, well, how would I characterize my life in terms of labels? Who am I? What am I? There are a number of labels you could have. You know, the color of your hair, your height, your, your postcode, um, where you were born, which school you went to. And all of those create impressions for yourself and for others. So since most people will have a wide range of labels that can attach to them, and that includes you, think carefully how you present yourself. So if, if you're meeting somebody for the first time and you just have an initial you know, get-to-know-each-other conversation, think about the labels you're going to use to describe yourself. What are you going to focus on? 
What are you going to choose as your identifying label? And think about labels that the other person may carry and make sure you work with a label for them that's helpful. So tip number two, choose your and their label carefully. Tip number three, put yourself out to put the other person in. In other words, you go first. You make the adjustment. You make the first move. You can't influence from the outside. So get closer to people in order to create some influence. So if you prefer an Italian meal but they prefer going for a curry, well, go for a curry. You know, so match their preference rather than your own. Make them feel comfortable. Put it another way, identify their comfort zone or zones and go there. So tip number three, put yourself out to put the other person in. Tip number four, match their currencies. So here's a little story. Imagine you were going to France, say, on your holiday. What currency would you take? The chances are you'll take euros. That's, after all, the currency of France. So why wouldn't you take pounds or sterling? Why wouldn't you take our currency? The answer is pretty obvious, isn't it? If you were going to France for a week's holiday and only took uh, pounds, uh, people who you were trying to trade with would get quite frustrated, uh, quite irritated. You wouldn't have a comfortable relationship with those you were exchanging with. So, life works like that too. Every one of us has a particular currency or set of currencies, which is effectively what we prefer to spend our relationships in. So people prefer to trade their experiences and communicate in ways that are specifically preferred by them. So we each have, if you like, a different currency, a preferred way of expressing ourselves, things that matter to us in how we communicate and how we connect to people. So for example, some people are more formal than others. Some people like rich and extensive language. Some people like simple language. Coming from the world of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, we've learned that, or I've learned that, um, there's something called the REP system, the representation system, which means that all of us, every one of us, receive our information from the world through our five senses. That is, seeing, hearing, touching and feeling, tasting and smelling. All of those five senses give us access and interpretation of the world that's around us. Now some of us have a different blend of those five different senses. Some of us are very visual. I am. Some people are quite auditory. They, they hear things very easily and quickly. They like rhythm and, and the sound of things. Uh, some people are quite kinesthetic. They like to touch things and feel things. They, they like movement and so on. So if, for example, you knew that I was visual, which I am, and you present to me visually, I'm much more likely to, to listen and to observe and to understand because you are matching my currency. My currency is being visual. Somebody else's currency might be auditory. They hear things, they like sound, they like rhythm, they like tempo, they like repetition. Other people like to touch and feel things. 
And we can even use vocabulary to, to represent that. So, how, how does this feel to you? Would be a kinesthetic expression. How does this look to you? Would be a, a visual expression. How does that sound to you? Might cue in to that particular person's auditory currency. This is, I think this is really quite exciting and interesting. See if you, see if you, watch out for, look if you can, discover other people's preferences. See, all of those words I've just used were visual. That's my currency. So, if you listen carefully to me, listen, auditory, then if you listen, if you observe, if you connect to other people, you get to discover their preferred currencies, and then you can match them. And the more you can match somebody else's preferred currency, the more likely you are to have positive influence with them. So tip number four, identify, then match the other person's currency. Tip number five, use cues and clues. Here's what I mean by that. In conversation, and typically in a classroom with your students, for instance, you try and encourage dialogue. You get people talking. People describe things, they explain, and they say something perhaps about themselves. Listen carefully for the words they use, and later see if you can play back some of the words they used, some of the interests they have, some of the, the points they made. Play them back to them, because that demonstrates that you value them because you've been listening to them and you've stored it, remembered it and can recall it. It's very powerful and it will bring that other person closer to you. They'll think, gosh, he's not only listened to what I was saying, he's bothered remembering it. The classic example of that, of course, is knowing people's names. If you bother to learn everybody's name and play it back to them, they feel more connected to you, more investing in you because you've invested in them. So, tip number five, use cues and clues presented to you by other people and classically use their names. Tip number six, develop credibility. One of the three key influencing factors that I'm going to move into now is credibility. People are influenced positively by people they see and regard as credible. So, have a track record that matters to the people you're trying to influence. Build and create a reputation in areas that other people are influenced by. Develop reliability, develop consistency. And the consistency can be around those LSA factors I talked about earlier. How you look, how you sound and how you act. Do you keep your word? Do you deliver your promises? All of that builds credibility. And credibility is a key factor for positive influence. Tip number seven. Develop likability. I need to give credit here to Anthony Robbins. Um, I'm going to give you a list of ten words, which are really words that he uses in his book, Awaken the Giant Within. And the first time I saw this list, I thought, it's it's a bit but actually the list stayed with me and I think it's a really authentic and valuable list of key factors that we can all present and produce that create likability for us 
in other people. So these are my top 10, the Anthony Robbins top 10 likability factors. These are all characteristics of self that seem to have a positive impact on others. So here are my top 10 likability factors. One, love and warmth. Two, appreciation and gratitude. Three, taking and showing an interest in things and in people. Four, excitement and passion. Five, determination. Six, flexibility and adaptability. Seven, confidence. Eight, cheerfulness. Nine, vitality. And ten, making a contribution. So let's just pick some of those at random. Determination. People are impressed by people who are determined, who don't give in easily, who, who push on and persist. Cheerfulness. People tend to respond positively to people who are generally cheerful, happy, sweet and pleasant and sunny disposition. We tend to warm to such people. Making a contribution. We tend to like people who put the hand up to, to make an effort and volunteer and, and help out. We, we like people like that. We, we respect them. I'm just going to do something now which, which <laughs> I find quite funny and perhaps makes my point. I'm going to give you the reverse list. I'm going to give you the same 10 characteristics but from the reverse point of view. I'll go through them quickly. But imagine yourself living and working with someone or a group of people who have these characteristics cold and hateful, unappreciative, ungrateful, showing no interest in people or things, dull, boring, give up easily, rigid, low in confidence, miserable, lifeless and never volunteer for anything. Do you really want to work with those people? Do you really want to live with them? So. Tony Robbins's top 10 likability factors are my tip number seven. Likability. Develop likability. Choose some, if not all, of those 10 factors and invest in them. Tip number eight. Develop affinity. Now, by affinity I mean a coming together, a sharing. So if you have affinity with somebody else, there's some common ground or common bond between you. So classic affinity points are you have a shared history. You maybe went to the same school or the same college or university. A shared background in terms of upbringing. You, went, you were born in the same place, city or town. You, um, you, you know and live in, in areas that you share. You've had a shared experience, you know, you've been on holiday together or you've, um, I don't know, you've been stuck in a lift together. So affinity is things that you connect to the other person with because you both share that experience or not so much shared behaviour experiences as shared values. Things that you value between you, common interests, shared hobbies, shared hopes, shared ambitions both want to go to somewhere that you know you neither of you've been to you both like the same rock band 
Anything where there's a connection of empathy between you will help you be more influential with that person. So tip number eight, develop affinity. Tip number nine is to understand reciprocity. This is a very common feature of human behavior and very powerful, um, but it needs to come with a word of warning. Reciprocity is a sense of, um, a, a technical word is indebtedness. Um, a reciprocal arrangement is if somebody does you a favor, you feel you have to do them one back. You don't like to be one down with that person. So if you're out having a, a social night out and you're with a group of people and each of them buys a round of drinks, you tend to feel you need to buy a round of drinks too. You need to equalize. You need to reciprocate. You need to do for the others what others have done for you. So if somebody does you a favor, there's a kind of sense of needing to pay that favor back. So reciprocity is really about payback to equalize the relationship so that you're not in somebody else's debt. Here's the problem with reciprocity. There are some people who will deliberately create indebtedness, who will do you a favor in order to create that pull from you to give something back. It's the principle, for example, of, of a commercial company giving you a free gift or a discount, a loss leader to tempt you to come back in because you've been done a favor. You've been given something that's that's valuable to you, so you give something back valuable to them, which is, of course, your purchase. So a lot of people will feel, and I think quite rightly, uncomfortable with being one down, which is why, of course, you reciprocate. So what can we do about that? If somebody gives you or offers you a favor, well, the first thing to remember about reciprocity is it could be absolutely genuine. Somebody is just being helpful and generous. So don't automatically think, I am now in debt. Somebody's just been generous. Somebody's just been helpful. Have you ever been helpful and generous to somebody else without wanting anything in return? But do understand, if you are a generous person and you do do favors to people, some people will feel obligated by that. It's perhaps sad, but it's true. Reciprocity is a very powerful emotional drive to equalize out any sense of debt. So, if you feel indebted, if somebody has done something for you and you feel you need to equalize, then resist it. Treat anything that's been given to you as a gift. It doesn't need to be reciprocated. And in fact, if somebody has given you a gift and they mean it to be a genuine gift with no payback required, then in a sense you kind of demean that gift, don't you, if you insist on, on compensating and reciprocating. So, be prepared to not have to reciprocate to a gift. And secondly, if you are being generous, if you're the gift giver, understand that somebody else may want to equalize and you don't want them to equalize then the best thing to do is to say well I don't know if you need to pay me for that and I don't really want to be paid but I understand you want to pay put put a donation to your your favorite charity don't 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 encourage people to continue squirming in in the desire to reciprocate try and close it off by saying I tell you what just make a donation to charity. You know, here are two tickets for 
you know, a football game. I know you're a fan of that. I've got two tickets. I can't go. Here you are. I don't want the money for them. I'd like it to be a gift, but if you feel you have to pay in some way for them, you know, make the equivalent amount of money a donation to charity. That would remove the reciprocal burden. So understand reciprocity. That's tip number nine. And my final tip, tip number 10, is be interested in their interest in their interest. Okay, <laughs> I need to explain that. Be interested in their interest in their interest. Suppose you're talking to somebody and they have a hobby of growing cacti. Don't pretend that you too are interested in cacti if, if you're not. No, don't fabricate an interest in what they're interested in. What you should be interested in is them being interested in that. So you should ask questions like, wow, um, so what got you into that? You know, where did that come from? Um, is, it, is it an expensive hobby? How long have you been doing it? You know, do you need to have certain conditions? Can you grow them at home or do you need a greenhouse? Or, you know, do you have a favourite? Or, you know, are they valuable? You know, do you need to... In you're interested in them, in them, not the cactus. You're interested in the person and their passion for whatever it is they're investing in. And as soon as you do that, as soon as you talk to them about their interest, they'll come alive. It's ridiculous to pretend you're interested in what they're interested in. But you always can be interested in them being interested. And that's it. Those are my top 10 tips for influencing others. Quick run through. Create a positive impression through LSA. Choose your label and their label carefully. Put yourself out to put the other person in. Identify then match their currencies. Use cues and clues that they present and play them back. Develop credibility. Develop likability. Develop affinity. Understand reciprocity. And be interested in their interest in their interest. So, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it or leave us a review. Remember, you can find full show notes on our website, plus a growing library of free resources which you can easily search by theme to find content that's relevant to you. We also offer workshops and coaching on a wide range of topics. Links to all of these resources are in the episode notes. Thank you.